Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of my podcast, Edification and Wellbeing, previously called PEN Health Beyond Fitness. In this podcast, I explore the worlds of health and education from a social, cultural, historical, philosophical, psychological, and scientific perspectives, and how these affect how we see, react, and engage in learning and healthy practices. Edification is the instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. This concept is also synonym with, build, with building up, improvement, and development. Well-being is the state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy, and it is also defined as a good, satisfactory condition of existence. I am your host, Juan Baez, or JB for short. I possess a bachelor's in physical education, a double MBA in global business management and international marketing, and various certifications in exercise and fitness training. I have an insatiable fascination for human health, behavior, and learning. I have been working in the education and health fields for over 16 years, having worked at schools, gyms, fitness studios, physical and occupational therapy clinics, fitness and health-related equipment and product companies, as well as a freelance personal trainer and exercise coach. Over the years, I have worked with students, rehabilitation patients, elders, workers, athletes, of all ages and different sports, along other health, education, business, and other professionals, and with people from all walks of life. Based on my experience, I have come to the conclusion that our education and health are missing something. Join me, and let's explore together these topics as they evolve. Let's go back to the past and learn about their origins. Let's talk about them and see how we can implement old practices and new ideas and methods in order to find more efficient and intuitive ways to learn and live healthy. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the podcast Edification and Wellbeing. Um, today, there is specifically no no uh, agenda, at least. I don't have any like notes or anything. I just have a like, couple of topics I want to talk about and sort of presents the negatives and the positives of them, sort of rant a little bit about them. Uh, and, you know, however, however long it takes. Um, but, hey, before we start, as always, as I always say, thank you for listening. Uh, keep listening. Uh, share this with your friends and family. Uh, participate. Make comments. Let me know what you think about. Go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a comment or in a review of my podcast. Um, and other ways... Uh, to, to help, you can go to my Patreon page and pledge some uh, 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 donations. Whatever spur change you have, you're going to have the, the link or the links for con contacting me and for the donations in the description of this episode. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm working uh, in a little more in the... Uh, and more episodes for the series of uh, on the series of uh, the history of health and physical education and fitness and all that. It just takes a lot of reading and takes a lot of time to to process the information. Although I'm not processing it because I I, I like to share it as 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 raw as I can. But it takes. I mean, the the papers I'm reading are not necessarily all about uh, physical education, uh, and I'm I'm sort of like. Picking what has to do with physical education, 
from the eras of like the Roman and Renaissance and all that, and then putting it all together in a, in, in a, I would say notes and scripts to to share it with you. But it takes some time. I'm, I'm working on my business, trying to get new clients, and uh, promoting online and my online services and whatnot. So it takes a little time. However, I do have some time to talk about these topics uh, that I'm going to talk today because, again, there was no prior preparation. It's just me uh, and, and what comes out of my hand. Hopefully, what comes out of my mouth will be, uh, uh, um, if not instructional, at least inspirational in the sense that um, that you will have something to think about, uh, uh, let's say, throughout the day or the weekend or, or whenever you hear this, this episode and and sort of gets you thinking, right? Uh, so technically, this is a, a, a philosophical episode. Oh, and the topics, well, the topics are, I want to talk about technology. I want to talk about authenticity. Uh, uh, and I want to talk about cooking, okay? I think uh, things, uh, technology, because, I mean, technology can be of, of great benefit uh, to us. Uh, and, and, and even more when it comes to education, uh but at the same time, it could be very uh, dangerous. Uh, authenticity, in, in my opinion, I, I think that you see a lot of mostly like young people saying the word legit and legitimate or, or you know, like you're legit or you're not authentic. But I want to talk about what I think it means. Right. And again, this is more of a philosophical thing. So I may there is no right or wrong way to look at this, but I, I just want to sort of present ways for for me to keep thinking and for you to keep thinking and hopefully you will let me know what you think and 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 will and hopefully we can even have a discussion in this podcast about it i'm, I'm very open and i'm very uh, again open to be corrected or open to have other people's point of views okay and then cooking i want to talk about cooking um as i've mentioned many many times before i was a chef i i still consider myself a chef i am not a practicing chef, um, but I do cook all the time, uh, and I'm a, I will say a home chef, right? I, but yeah, I, I did work at restaurants and 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 and, and ran line and 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 ran stations and helped create menus and all of this uh, crazy stuff that go on in restaurants as a as as a chef and as a line cook and as a dishwasher. But I think that when it comes to health and even physical education, cooking has a lot to teach to people. And as I've said before, I'm going to keep repeating this as I said before because I've, I've mentioned these things uh, uh, many times. Everything is physical education. Everything we learn, it doesn't matter if it's a, a passive one, like we're sitting and just listening to something new or reading something new or whatever, or if it's an active physical activity such as, say, cooking, for example, then you have to go through a process of physical education. And I like that. And cooking also from the side of, of, of nutrition. Uh, and and I think it has a, a great benefits when it comes to, to general health. Okay, so we're going to talk about these things and perhaps every other uh, tangent that I, that I take along the way. Um and hopefully this is, again, an interesting topic to you or topics to you. And again, uh, thank you for listening. Keep uh, listening. Share this with your friends and family. If you would like to donate uh, for the purposes that I've mentioned before, uh, for the book that I'm writing, for so I can access research and all that, and for me to have uh, more access to, to better things for the podcast and contacts for the podcast, then again, whatever spare change, I'm going to share the links in the description 
and uh, you will be you will, I'll, I'll be really grateful uh, for that um, okay oh and as I've mentioned before if uh, again if you are a professional who is a uh, I don't know you work in the fields of education or psychology or even anthropology or medicine and everything has to do related with health and physical education let me know let's have a conversation uh, even even if it's something that I don't necessarily agree with it is important to share information without restriction so and perhaps I can learn new things perhaps you can learn new things so uh, just let me know okay this is a very open podcast and again you're very welcome to throw the the, the f-word without any problem and uh, of course the part of the 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 idea of this podcast is not to to restrict information that's why i'm not doing uh, this episodes in packages of like five or 30 minutes i'm going over that because we cannot compress information in a very uh, uh a short amount of time and, and perhaps that's where technology comes in uh, and the advance in technology and all of these people uh, all of these things i'm sorry so anyways without further ado let's take a little uh uh uh, break for this introduction and then we'll come back to let's, we're going to start talking about technology all right talk to you in a few seconds all right all right all right welcome back uh so let's just just jump head on with the, with the technology thing um I, I i guess there is things that i would like to mention and i, I guess there's like perhaps advice if I can say so, like if you don't know about any of these things or uh, or perhaps insights. Um, technology, well, let's, let's sort of define it first. The way I learned it at university, I remember I took a class, a, a whole uh, sem semester of, on, on technology and how to integrate technology into ed education. Uh, and... The way the, the professors and, 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 and books that I've read and, and, and papers that I've read and podcasts that I've listened and lectures that I've listened, somewhat all of them concur that, it, that technology is basically anything that can make our lives easier, right? That, that could just simply uh, simplify our daily living, okay? And, and I, I like to give a good example, a very old... <laughs> I would say, but good example, and it's fire, right? Uh, technology does not necessarily have to be something that we created as, as, as a species, right, as humans. Uh, fire, for example, happened naturally. Uh, and, and, and at the moment the, the, the human race saw it for the first time, it was some sort of this you know, new thing, but then little by little, we started using it for our advantage, right, to defend ourselves, uh, uh, from uh, from others and from predators, like uh, there is anthropological findings, for example, of like little groups of humans uh, that were, you know, like cavemen, for example, or like whatever we were at, at at the process of evolution millions of years ago. There has been findings, for example, of people who, let's say, slept in a group, and in the center of that group there was a fire, and. It was being used for uh, uh, for protection at night because what happened is that before that 
groups would sleep, but then predator animals would uh, uh, snatch up their kids, for example, uh, wolves or, or tigers or whatever predator was at whatever area in the world that we were at the moment. So fire was used as technology in a way so we could have illumination at night so we could protect ourselves and protect our kids and protect the group, right? That was the, 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 the idea. Because in the end, as I've mentioned before, the purpose of the species and the organism, the human species and organism, just like every other species and organism, including, again, bees, bacteria, and every other living organism, is to survive and to perpetuate the species, like to spread around and to keep surviving, okay? Uh, and this is something that comes somewhat natural and it's not something that, that we sort of, or any organism sort of think uh, uh, at every time. It's just something that, that happens naturally. Perhaps that's just natural, uh, an instinct of, organ of organisms. But fire was sort of the first, the first technology. Not necessarily the first. One of the first. I would say, like using sticks uh, to fight or to reach out or stones to throw, and things like that was technology. Um, in the same way, we can come a little closer. And I have, for example, by my side a cup of coffee from NASA. And I was visiting the space center a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago. And I have uh, two bottles of water, and that's technology, right? Before, we didn't have these things in which we could carry anything to drink, right? We didn't have that. Uh, so we had to use our hands or we had to sort of drink right on the spot. Now I can use this technology, which is a simple uh, plastic uh, 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 piece of technology to bring my water wherever I want and simplifying my access to water and hydration. Okay, same thing with a cup of coffee. You know, I can bring my cup of coffee wherever I want. Uh, and this could have been a very sophisticated, modern cup of coffee like the one I have with rockets and, and you know, the, the logo of NASA and whatnot. Or it could have been just a piece of coconut that was concave and concave enough for me to carry whatever beverage I wanted uh, to drink. So that was technology. And in the same sense, technology was, for example, if, if people used uh, uh, blood or whatever ink they could get from berries to write in walls or use a stone, uh, a stone to, to write in a wall and draw a message that they wanted to convey or whatnot. Now, how does this, I'd say the term technology and uh, uh, as in it, the original, I would say, or the, the, the general definition, you know, something that we use to simplify our daily living relates to health and to physical education. One, again, in the educational aspects, because we do have to learn how to physically utilize these new things all the time, whatever it is, be it a new phone that, you know, you have to touch in a certain way for it to activate and you have to touch in, a, in another certain way for it to take a picture and whatnot, then you have to go through a process of physical education, right? You have to learn new movement patterns and, and timing within that pattern to, to utilize that technology. Um, and, and in the other sense, uh, it relates to, to physical education in the sense that it can also teach us directly or indirectly to 
to be better, better, and, 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 you know, have better physical literacy. Again, you know, you learn how to uh, operate a new phone or a new computer or a touch screen or, you know, the, the grip in the cup of coffee is not the normal, uh, uh, the traditional sort of like uh, um, uh, grip for you to grab the cup of coffee. And let's say it's just like a ball. So you have to use now a different movement pattern to do that. And you sort of have to learn then again, this new different uh, uh, movement pattern to, to operate that technology. So I just wanted to sort of clarify a little bit what I what the definition of technology is. And I, I, I believe that I think that most people will, will concur with me in that basic definition of technology. Uh, and I'd like to, to define it first because what happens is that if when you talk about technology, uh, most mostly I would say in these days, people will see technology as something that is electronic, something that has a screen or some sort of light on sort of touch. Uh, screen technology uh, or some sort or features. I'm sorry, and 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 in a very close-minded, close-minded way. Um, hey, for for example, like this, right? I'm using a, a a a platform. That's my dog making noises there. Stay, Papa. Okay. No, stay, stay. So. I'm using a platform that is a podcasting uh, uh, recording uh, platform and a different user interface that from uh, compared to every other uh, podcast platforms. And I have a bunch of buttons and people will think of, of technology this way. And maybe this is your, uh, I mean, I was starting to speak Spanish there. This is me coming to that conclusion because of experiences, right? When I talk about technology with people, People right away start uh, think of a TV or, or a screen or something that you operate with buttons and and all these. But it's not technology. It, it's anything that simplifies our daily living. Hey, for example, Florida now is getting a little cold. Today was nice. It wasn't on the end of forty eight or something like that. It was really uh, at least for me. It was cold in the morning. So I'm using like a long sleeve shirt and all that. Clothing is technology for example, because it simplifies my daily living. I had to go out and take my daughter to school and it made it easier for me to be able to go out from my home to the car and drive all the way, keeping me warm without making it uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. So that's technology. But anyways, coming to you know the 21st century, uh, uh, century, sorry, Technology is something, it, it, of course, as I said, everything else that is electronical is technology, and we can use it to simplify our daily living. Unfortunately, how I see it is that not many people, in fact, the majority of people, are not using it that way. I, I will give you an example. Uh, or, or not necessarily to simplify their daily living, but... I think many people are using it in the wrong way uh, in the sense that, yes, it promotes uh, a human connection like through social media or email or whatnot. But what I see is that people are being separated more and more. Then I'll give you an example. I went to uh, Universal Orlando uh, last weekend with my family, my daughter, my wife, my stepson and his girlfriend. And, you know, we were having a good time. Um, but for example, my, my stepson is, uh, as, you know, he's in his, his teens and to, 
using phones and all that will sort of like take their attention out of things. So uh, one of the things I, I, I warned him, literally, I said, if we're going to Universal, we're going to enjoy the day. So I don't want you to be on your phone all day. So and, uh, you know, he was he was very, very cool with it because it's something that we've been educating him for years. But anyways, on the line to the Harry Potter ride, there is this Asian couple right in front of us. And they were, we were, we waited in that line for an hour and a half. Uh, and for that hour and a half, this couple did not look at each other. They didn't talk to, they only talked to each other to show the other, you know, like the, 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 their partner, whatever the fuck it is, was they were looking at their screen. Like, check out this, check out this jacket. Oh, this is an eBay or whatever, or Facebook or Instagram. And I was telling my wife, like, holy shit, look at this. There's no, I mean, this, are they a re really a couple? I mean, and, and at some moment, at one moment, they sort of like look at, the, look at themselves in the eye and, you know, uh, kissed. Just a quick hiss. There was no warmth. There was no desire in it. It was just sort of like, okay, let's just do the obligatory kiss to say that we're connected or whatever. This is just me thinking. And they just went back to the fucking cell phones. They didn't look at each other again. They were always looking down one fucking hour and a half. And it, it came to mind. I I was listening to uh, I listened to this podcast. Uh, uh, it's called Tangent Tangentially Speaking, from um, I think it's Chris Christopher Ryan, uh, psychologist and and author and whatnot. But in one of his episodes. He was uh, uh, he 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 was he presented a song of this guy that the song goes something like this. I think that the the uh, the guy would say like I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. I want to slap the fucking phone out of your hand, and it would just go like way and say a couple more things, and then I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. I want to slap that fucking phone out of your hand. And the, the song was directed to that, that we are living in this society in which we live in the fucking phones. We don't live in the world. Um, we go to places and people tell me, for example, wow, your daughter is so, uh, uh, how can I say, so connected into the world. She's not always on a phone. She's always looking at this. She, she, she sees details that no other kids see. But one of the things is the education that my wife and I are giving her, right? She, she, when we go out, for example, and, and the, I mean, I have a tablet and she watches TV and, and, and we let my stepson go and, and, you know, be on the phone and text and Instagram and whatnot. But there is times that we're saying, you know, let's take the fucking technology away. Even if it is to be in front of a screen and watch a movie like a family, uh, as a family all together, there is no phones permitted. When we go to eat or when we eat at home or at restaurants, there is no phones permitted on the table. Uh, you know, like the occasional picture and whatnot. I have a, a food Instagram that I that I like to keep up today. So I'm always taking a little picture and then just turn it off. Boom, and we eat. And there is no phones allowed while we eat. We will talk about something. Like if we're eating together at home uh, when we can, we're talking about what happened in school, what happened in the day at work, and all those things. And we, that keeps us connected. That keeps us much more connected than saying hi saying you know hitting like 
or that little heart on Instagram or hitting like on Facebook or commenting then. Uh, and that creates, I think, confidence and trust with, within the family. But anyways, I mean, this couple was so, I was so angry and then I started, <laughs> I, I told my wife about the song and I started singing it to her, you know, like in a, in a low volume, but somewhat wishing for them to listen to me and say, and sort of come, either say something and get angry at me and say, hey, what the fuck you're saying, you motherfucker, or... Uh, or saying, hey, uh, or, or reacting and say, come on, I think I think we should stop. And like they literally hour and a half in the fucking line and it didn't stop. And what happened is that when we got to the ride, there is sort of like an area that looks like that, that is uh, uh, fashioned like an elevator. It's not an actual elevator. It's just a little waiting room. The ride broke so we couldn't take the ride. And we waited there for another hour thinking that it would be fixed, wasn't fixed. And they were still in the fucking phone. So, damn it. I think it was, I got, ang I was angry because of that. Uh, I, perhaps I shouldn't have been. But I think, you know, maybe, maybe I was raised too old school. You know, we were always talking and, and, and looking at each other and, and saying hi and whatnot. And, you know, my wife and I, we would just hug each other or, or kiss each other or, you know, hug with the kids and all of these things. And, and. They are an example, but they're not the only people that I saw that day. I mean, you saw, I saw whole families that they were just walking down the, the, the streets in, in Universal and they didn't look at each other. They would just take the ride and they had to leave the phones because a few rides didn't allow for phones. But then they would just get back to the phone and walk without saying, wow, that was fucking awesome. That was cool or whatever, you know, or let's go to this one. They were all looking at the faults. So in that sense, I mean, technology can be very destructive, very destructive for the entire society and destructive for education um, and destructive for physical education because when you get hooked on it, it, it is this feeling of comfort, I guess, that it keeps you from moving. It keeps you from engaging in society. And one of the ends of physical education is the development of physical literacy. And part of physical literacy is how we, uh, is teaching us how to engage in society. And these things are, are, are I think, are unfortunately disappearing. But on the other side, te technology could be a great thing, like advanced technology, like having a phone. One great example, I, I, I do online fitness personal training or online, online personal training, online fitness coaching, I call it sometimes. And sometimes I talk to people about it. It's funny because people would say, well, you know, I don't want to spend, oh, I don't want to go on my phone to check on exercises. And I'm like, well, I mean, you will do that just for whatever, half an hour, couple of minutes, maybe five minutes, because I do promote like five minute type of workouts and things like that. They wouldn't do it, but they would be on Facebook the whole fucking day commenting on politics and and and, and hitting like and saying, oh, how cute when they see a, a video of a cat licking ice cream or a baby smiling, you know. Uh, but it could be really, really beneficial, right? You have this access to, to an online coaching system in which... Uh, 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 and just just so you know, this is not necessarily an advertisement. This is just me because there are many other online personal trainers. But you have access to this education 
physical education information on your phone, right? You have detailed exercise videos and you have uh, details for each exercise and you have, you know, nutritional advice and health coaching and all of these things, which is amazing because you can take it wherever you want. One of the things that I do with my uh, service, uh, the, I think the, the, the slogan, I think, no, the slogan is the world is your gym. And I'm always telling people with online personal training, the world is your gym. And it's literally like that. I have clients who travel the whole world and I just keep tra I, I keep coaching them and training them through the phone. They have their programs and whatnot. They have any questions, we make a call, we make a video call, or I can correct things right away. That's where the personal training comes in, right? So compared to a fitness app, you have literally a personal trainer working with you for you no matter where you are in the world. So the world is your gym. I have developed programs for people to do workouts at the beach. How fucking awesome is that, right? Instead of having to restrain yourself to uh, uh, to a to an enclosed uh, space, you can have a personalized program that will help you know allow you to work out at the beach or that give you ideas because you can work out at the beach however you want. You can just go there and jump, hop, and up and down. But you have programs for such environments um, and a lot of people like it unfortunately not everyone is liking it but my fight with that with that is motherfucker you are in Facebook all day you are in Instagram all day and you just need to get your phone uh, or your tablet or your computer and get access to this and you get your workouts okay and it's it, it's even I, when it comes to to online personal training uh, I think it's a great, it's, and I am a personal trainer, right? And it sounds like I'm going to throw myself or I'm throwing myself under the train, under the train here, but it's even better than having a personal trainer, like in-person trainer coming to your house. All right. You have the same accountability and, and you have the same coaching from, from whoever coach or whatever coach you want, but you don't have to depend on your availability and his or her availability to train. So literally, you can train wherever you want or wherever you can at whatever time of the day you want or you can without feeling like this restriction. I guess uh, uh, we live in a society that is so used to uh, uh, calendars and scheduling everything that I guess that for some people is is hard not to or to to see it in a different way, but. I mean, for example, I read a lot and I take a lot of continuing education. Uh, right now I'm looking for, let's say, one of the things that I want to do right now is um, take a certification in medical exercise uh, as a medical exercise specialist, right? And I've been looking all around for this and I found a, uh, not necessarily a certification, I found a certification that I thought, I think it's too expensive. So I'm looking for different ways to sort of get an education with other certifications, such as small certificates and, and, and seminars and not. Uh, so I can uh, provide this service. And I'm looking for it online. I don't have to go to college. I don't have to go to a physical college. I already went for almost eight years to college. I went to physical education school and I went to business school. That's too much. I mean, and it's not necessarily too much. I do like the, 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 the university lifestyle. Uh, uh, and it was awesome and all that. But at the same time, hey, if you have kids, if you have a business, you have family and things to do, then 
a great option is for it to use for you to use technology. Hey, in fact, you go to physical university and you're using guess what? Computers and you're making Skype calls with with friends or with uh, with colleagues to make a, a, a project or whatnot. So it is being integrated anywhere. We might as well embrace it and use it for the things that we that will make us better. Again, health education. Uh, uh, listen to podcasts that are educational. Listen to uh, uh, podcasts or, or, or lectures. If you're watching YouTube videos, I one of the things that I argue a lot with my stepson, he likes to watch videos of people playing video games, saying, you know, bad words and, and laughing like shit, but there's no education. There's no actual edifying content in it. Uh, so I'm like, hey, but you're not even playing the game, you know? Let's say yeah, you're, I'm a, I play video games. I my, This last game I'm playing right now is God of War. And there is areas that are little stuck. So I would go to YouTube and find information about that specific. So it does help me. But for me to sit down there hours and hours and hours and watch someone playing a video game that I don't have, that I'm not playing, talking shit, then it is the wrong way to watch uh, YouTube. But, for example, you want to know about psychology, you go to YouTube and you put psychology lectures and then, you know, like put Jordan Peterson and he has like hundreds of videos out there on psychology. You can put physical education classes ideas and boom, a bunch of it. Hey, uh, seminars about nutrition and you will have things about nutrition, things that will help you. Edify. My advice when using technology for education, when using technology for all of these things, Find the information that is not com compressed. Find information that is not saying, in just 30 minutes, you will just learn. Like, uh, for example, I was looking at my uh, at my, my business Facebook this morning before uh, seeing a client. And this advertisement came up. And there's this guy saying, well, I am a professional photographer. And it took me years and years and years and years of hard work to to be where I am and now I am a photographer or cameraographer, whatever the fuck to, you know, like big brands and whatnot. So he already stated that it took him years, a bunch of headaches and a bunch of practice. But he says, worry not, I have compressed, literally he said that I have compressed all of my experience in a one, one hour uh, of free uh, of course for you to take. How the fuck you're going to compress 20-something years, according to him, of experience and education in one hour? How are you going to really learn all of this shit in one hour? I mean, come on. Open YouTube again and you will see people telling you, don't worry, all of these years of suffering, I have compressed it in 30 minutes or I have the solution or whatnot. So, I mean, I know it's harder and I know we want to have much more leisure time and whatnot. But if you do that little sacrifice and find information that is not compressed or packaged in, 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 in 30 minutes that and saying that miraculously, miraculously, I'm sorry, will so sort of teach you the secrets of the universe you will in the in the long run you will have your gratification so avoid instant gratification when using your technology for education uh in, in my opinion as a personal trainer as a physical education teacher as a physical educator personal physical educator and whatnot an online personal trainer if you are not a trainer of course or if you are a trainer uh avoid offering or if you're not a trainer and you're looking for a service avoid 
miracle programs. Avoid instant gratification because instant gratification never lasts. But anyway, see, I took the tangent there. So anyways, when it comes to technology, we have all of these benefits, right? You have seminars, you have, I have a, in my cell phone, you know, I, I don't know, I have, I have an Android. And you, can, you can put together uh, different icons and sort of like put them in different categories. And I have one category that is entertainment, right? And well, I have my, my Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, whatnot, and I have uh, podcasts and I have, uh, uh, and then from the podcast, I have Google Podcasts and then Google Podcasts, I have a list of all the podcasts that I like to listen. Joe Rogan's, Jordan Peterson, Star Talk from Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, uh, let's say Under the Skin with uh, Russell Brand, uh, Sam Harris. I have uh, uh, Talk Nerdy, which is pretty nice. I have one on psychology. I have one from the University of Oxford that they put all of some of their lectures there. And I'm taking a few of those lectures in uh, 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 anthropology of nutrition and whatnot. I have others in philosophy. So I'm, I'm looking for all this, all this podcast and information that, yes, episodes take a lot of time they're not compressing in five minutes but i'm learning a lot from it and i'm being able to implement this within my one personal life and two professional life so if we go past the the notion of technology being used for comfort And we go to the mentality of, okay, I'm going to use technology to simplify my living as in I'm going to simplify it because I don't necessarily now have to go to a physical university. I can study online or I can take a certification online or I can take uh, uh, whatever seminar online. It'll take me a little more time. For example, this one in medical exercise fitness or medical exercise specialist, it takes me around a year. And I do have to go and do hours of observation and practice and fit with physical therapies and chiropractors and all that. Uh, however, I am doing it from the comfort of my home. So that's technology. That's, that's the comfort it provides, but not the comfort of, okay, because I am able to use this to do whatever the fuck I want, that I guess nothing else matter is always what I want or always is me being comfortable and I will always have access to information no matter what, so I don't have to learn. I guess if I make sense, then that's what I mean, right? So, yeah, that's what I have to say about technology. I guess if, if there's something else coming up, that I, I will mention it. But then I want to jump, I want to take a little break, and then we're going to talk about the authenticity and then cooking, all right? Talk to you in a few seconds. Hey, welcome back, fellow edifiers. Uh, Juan here again with uh, this other section. So authenticity, right? This is a, a, a topic that I wanted to just talk a little bit about. Um, and again, I haven't read shit about authenticity. Uh, I, 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 so it is just me again, sort of like in a positive way and, I, and, and hopefully in a constructive way talking crap about it. So anyways... Uh, another person, I heard someone the other day saying to someone else, you're not authentic, you're not legit, right? That's the word that I, most young people, young people use now, like legit and all of this shit. And I hear it a lot. Uh, uh, I hear my, like my steps and uh, talking with his friends, you know, and always uh, like legit, legit, legit. And I'm like, well, what the fuck does that really mean? It's like, what the fuck is legit? What the fuck is authenticity? 
So I, I guess it could be defined as being original, as being unique, as being, or as not being, uh, as something not being hmm, um, uh, influenced so much but by something in a way that that thing that's coming up resembles whatever it is that influenced it. I don't know if that makes sense to me. If not, write me a text and say, what the fuck you're talking about? So again, let's just say, uh, and, and coming back to, let's say education or, uh, or hey, we're going to talk about cooking. So let's talk about chefs, right? Uh, so I used to work in restaurants. I didn't go to culinary school. I just learned, I'm, 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 I was self-taught, autodidact, um, started dishwashing. And from there, you know, going up until I, I, I went all the way up. Okay, but it wasn't easy, right? And I remember one thing: I was giving a cooking lesson. Uh, my, my best my best friend and I were giving a cooking lesson, and one of the the people that was one of the students of the class mentioned that we are we were authentic uh, chefs. Uh, and this was a well traveled person, a doctor who traveled the whole world as a footy, and she, she's been to 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 prestigious restaurants. I never thought, right? And I never, I would never compare myself to, to, to those. Uh, I guess I try to be as humble as possible. But anyways, she said, you guys are authentic. Um, and she says, well, you know, I've eaten all over this place and all over this and all that. And I've been to, and she mentioned like, you know, uh, restaurants in France. She has been to Thomas Keller's, uh, 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 French laundry. She has been to Le Bernardin in New York. She was. She ate uh, uh, Brasserie Leal when when Bourdain was still there. May he rest in peace. Uh, I've eaten in, in Leal, but Bourdain was not a chef there anymore. Um, she's mentioned, you know, like Wolfgang Park and all of these great chefs of the food network or the food uh, scene. But she, one of the things she said it was that you are. Uh, she asked us where we go to school right and we were we had a joke that we went to borders library school uh if if, if you're hearing this and, and you're american i think they were only in the united states but it was you know that there's barnes and noble where i think before and during barnes and noble there was borders right and and, and borders was a library and we would go, this was in Puerto Rico, we would go there and literally we just, we would hang out in the cooking section or buy like cheap books and all that. But we would buy books in different topics in the cooking, in the cooking uh, industry or like in different, from different cuisines, right? So uh, right now, for example, I'm looking at my cookbook library and I have like Asian books, Spanish books, French books, base, uh, pastry, Puerto Rican uh, Italian, all seafood, all barbecue and all that. And we would learn all of these techniques then we would implement them in whatever we were cooking. And we started cooking not professionally. We started cooking just for fun. Uh, but so, uh, along the way, like going to parties and things like that, you meet someone. I was a personal trainer still at that moment uh, too. And, and, you know, you get clients who, who want to throw a party and you get a little confident with the clients and you tell them, hey, I was cooking at this place and they will hire you and whatnot, and you start making connections. And so when we tell our story, she said, well, perhaps you guys are authentic because of that, because there is no, 
specific school, your self-taught. Like, and, and this is something that I came to know when I was uh, or learned when I was working in restaurants. Uh, you know, you, you go to a restaurant that is like, let's say, a Spanish, typical Spanish restaurant, and there's mostly Spanish educated people, like like Spanish cuisine educated people or Spanish techniques or French, right? Because the French is French so far. Uh, it's one of the mother cuisines and it's been sort of like the most famous, I would say. Uh, so everything will be like French influenced in terms of not necessarily the, the, the flavors, but influence in terms of techniques. In fact, I, I have seen, for example, Spanish restaurants that would use the modern sauces, the mother uh, sauces of French cuisine, right? The bechamel and the marinara and all of these things. Uh, or holidays and whatnot. But then we developed these strategies or, or, or all this. We, we put together, since I think since we put together all of this information in a way that is not typically... Put like because again you go to culinary school and then you will be typically learn you will typically learn the, the French techniques because that's what dominates. But hey, you know, we were invited to a party and we were doing sushi, so we would learn fucking sushi. And then you know we we wanted to cook together and we wanted to do hamburger, so we would learn sort of like a typical American way of doing a hamburger. And then you know we would do Puerto Rican cuisine, and I would just call my mom and mom, what is this? So we, and we would put together all of these things, and we would come up with our own things to do. Um, having said that, I don't think that authenticity or being legit is necessarily not being influenced by anything because we were still, for example, influenced by all of these cuisines and flavors and education and whatever, or, or events that we would go or things like this, right? Uh, I guess it's using all of that influence, all of the influences that you're getting from whatever it is and and putting them in a unique way that I would say very few or, or almost nobody or nobody has done before. Um, in that sense, I, I like to use myself as an example, as a physical educator, as a personal trainer, I don't. I am not married with a with any specific system. I did mention, for example, in the in the in the, in the this previous uh, section talking about technology. I mentioned me wanting to take the medical exercise uh, specialist certification. Uh, but the way I I see it is that that is not going to be what is going to define my service. Um, I have taken certifications and, and seminars and, 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 and courses and webinars in core training, golf training, uh, you know, ther uh, therapeutic exercises, stretching, myofascial release, all of these things. However, I don't consider myself or I don't call myself a myofascial release specialist or I don't consider myself a core training specialist or a golf training specialist. I take all of this education and put it together in a way that makes sense for me and I am a physical educator imparting all of this knowledge and help that I can bring out to my clients and, and, and the public in person or in person or online. And I am, do, I am doing it in such a way that it has happened before that clients have say, again, you are a very authentic person. I had a client who said, well, and this word, this word stuck with me because uh, the client said so far, I, I used to work in this, in a place. Uh, well, I've worked in many places, but, 
I had this client at this place that I used to work that when I resigned, he called me and say, man, I am sad. Uh, so far, you're the only one here that gets it. You're the only one that's authentic and you're the only one that adapts to the client instead of to the system. Um, and sort of that's that's what I do. It's just like with cooking. I never married with any specific cooking uh, or, or cuisine. Like people ask me like, hey, what's your specialty? And I'm like, well, I would cook a little of everything, you know. I, I did a lot of sushi for many years. Uh, so I'm, I'm very dominant in that aspect. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't do anything else, you know. Uh, and the more I learned, the better. Uh, the last book I got was... It's a book on, um, on barbecuing, and I've been learning a lot about it because we would do barbecue, you know, when I was a kid at home and all that, but it was just like the, the typical, well, you know, you put the charcoal, put some uh, liquid gas and burn it and whatever whatever comes out. But learning these techniques of how to cook on the open fire, how to harvest the wood that you're going to use, that the flavor is going to give without necessarily using uh, uh, liquids or, or chemicals uh, and and, and sort of spreading the fire in different ways to have different heats in different areas, then I'm learning all about that. However, as I said, then I am not a specialist in barbecue. I, I wouldn't consider myself that because I think it's one of the keys to be authentic is to, to never think that you know more than anybody at a specific thing. Uh, and, and in, in health and fitness and physical education, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable. I would say, I would dare to say, even compared to the typical personal trainer, you know, fuck, I have a bachelor's in physical education. Everything that the typical personal trainer went, went through in a weekend, in most cases, I went for six years, right? However, again, I wouldn't, cons I wouldn't say that I don't, I don't have anything to learn from that typical personal trainer or that I don't have anything to learn from anybody else just because. But what I do is I take that knowledge and put it in a way that makes more sense to me in a way and in a way that I can adapt to my clients more and more and more. So I guess that that would be authentic, right? Uh, uh, being influenced by but not completely driven, driven by something. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 what I think about authenticity. That's that's what I think about legit. So, anyways, I just I just hear this word a lot, or, or you would say like authentic fitness, authentic personal training, authentic core training, authentic TRX, authentic CrossFit. And it's like everyone is pulling to their own side, but no one is just sort of or, or very few, including myself. I think you know bringing things together in a way that makes sense instead of saying, well, you know, I'm authentic. You're not because you don't think like I am or whatever. I guess, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, am I authentic? I think yes. Am I legit? I think yes. Uh, perhaps not for everybody so far. My clients think I am. <laughs> so I keep, I keep helping people and I've helped people of all ages and athletes um, you know, I just came from a, a client who's 88 years old and she has dementia and she has a hip replacement. And if I've been able to help that person for more than five years, then I think I have been, I am being authentic. And if I've been praised by, by her family and, and, you know, and, 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 and same thing with other clients, then I guess I'm doing something right. 
and I like to I like to do it again as unique as possible. I don't like to say that I am a specialist in push-ups or that I'm a specialist in powerlifting. I would say I'm a physical educator. I just help people move better uh, and then go from there. And then I do whatever adjustment or adaptation to the person and to the program and to myself as I coach this person along the way so that the results are good, right? Um, but I don't, I don't consider myself more knowledgeable, I guess that's authentic or authenticity. Okay, I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Shoot me an email. Tell me what you think about this. All right, let's take a little break and then we'll, we'll come back to cooking and then we'll, we'll close with that. Okay, talk to you in a couple seconds. All right, fellow edifiers and well-being nerds, I guess, <laughs> or learners, uh, welcome again, uh, back again. Uh, now, so let's talk about cooking. As I've mentioned, I was a chef, right? And I, I've done this for, well, I did it constantly for over eight years and then on and off for a couple more years. And I, again, I still don't practice, I don't practice it anymore, but I've done, you know, a couple of like events and uh, like when people want to hire me, Hey, I have a family coming or whatnot, or, you know, this is my wedding anniversary and I want you to cook for me and whatnot. So I, I, I do it every now and then. And I, I love it. Cooking is like my drug. Uh, and it was to a point, literally like a drug. I got a, I would say I got not necessarily addicted, but I was almost there borderline with how it felt. Man, it feels fucking good when you cook. I, I guess you have some sense or some sort of power, right? Uh, and this this may come out a little strong, but I mean, there was, I, I'm always saying, and I've, I've told it to my wife and, you know, having conversation with friends, there has been, there's nothing, no better sensation, no, no more powerful sensation than cooking something that is fucking good and then fitting it to someone and looking at that person in the eye. Uh, man, it could be a man or a woman or a kid or whatnot. Like I, I'm, I, before I met my wife, I used to joke that, you know, like there was no better way to, to, to please a woman than to feed her something in her mouth, right? Because you would feed something and you would see that the eyes, the, the, the pupils will dilate, dilate, I'm sorry. And you know, it was like, I would imagine an orgasm, uh, but same thing with man, you know, you would just feed someone something and they would look at you and say, you motherfucker, you nailed this. Like, wow, I want more. Or with kids, I cook something like I've cooked for my daughter. Well, I cook for my daughter almost every day. And she opened those eyes and she's like, mm, you know, and it's like this new thing that I'm feeling that I don't know what the heck it is, but it tastes so good and I want more. And that I think that gives certain sense of of power i think uh, uh anthony bourdain would say i think he mentioned once in a uh and in one of his books i think that the culinary world or the cook the food scene is a combination of 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 control and submission right that when you're cooking you are in control you have this power of creating something new something delicious or even if it's something old you have the power of creating pleasure and memories and whatnot but then when you are the person who's eating you are being you are at the mercy you are in submission 
uh, you are at the mercy of the cook and you have to submit to 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 be able to enjoy whatever flavor we're, we're creating. But anyways, and it was a sensation. Uh, how can I say it? It was a feeling of uh, euphoria and power and control. And even if I had a shift or even if I have did a double shift and my body was beat like I, that, like I literally my back would hurt, my my knees would hurt, everything would hurt. I would cut myself or burn myself. But I wanted to keep going because of this sensation. I, I guess I guess that perhaps the people who are well, not necessarily because addiction is not always the same. Even if it's the same action, it's not the same reaction to people. Uh, but I guess I, you know what? If you are something, someone who works with addiction, I would like to talk to you. Let's have a conversation in this podcast uh, because this is a very interesting topic. Uh, and you can correct me in the things that I've said anyways. But anyway, yeah, I was going to say that if, if you know, the, the people who are addicted to adrenaline, like, like, uh, uh, fuck, like, like hike people who hike mountains or who, who, who race, uh, drive race cars or, or do like extreme bicycle and things like that, that feeling, that is the same shit that I would feel when I was cooking full time. And it was so good. And I felt so incomplete, I would say, when I wasn't doing it. So I guess, I mean, I, I didn't, I've never felt like I was dependent on it. But again, I, I felt sort of incomplete to the point, and it's still the point because, I, I, you know, once you, you, you taste pleasure, it doesn't matter where, where it comes from. When you, once you taste pleasure... You will, you will never want it to go. Doesn't matter how much you know how to control your boundaries or whatnot. Once you've tasted pleasure, in, in in for many years in a certain way, it could be in a sport like the glory of being a football player or a basketball player. You know, being famous and rich and whatnot, like the glory of being an actor, or the glory of 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 being a, a, a famous chef or, or a chef that creates pleasure and others and that creates pleasure on you. That's what I felt. Or a drug addict or a sex addict or whatnot. Once you create that, you will never want it to go and there will be some sort of it, some form of it in you, even when you sort of like let go. Uh, so anyways, to the point that we go to places and my wife has to stop me from going to the kitchen. I want to end up in the kitchen. And even if it's just talking, even if it's just a habit, we're just having a couple drinks and I'm not cooking, I, I gravitate to the kitchen. Subconsciously, there is times that I've stopped and say, hey, what the fuck am I doing here? And I end up there. And I guess, again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Well, anyways, I talk too much shit about this. But anyways, what I was going to say about cooking is that it it does relate one more time to physical education. As Again, as I've said, everything is physical education. And learning to cook requires a great amount, amount of, of going through that physical education process. Learning how to dice an onion properly, learning how to cut properly, learning how to whatever technique from whatever type of cuisine that you're doing. Because there is no proper way to dice an onion, right? I mean, there is necessarily no right or wrong. 
and I've, I've had arguments with, with, with friends who are chefs or chefs that I've just met. They're like, well, you know, the best way to dice an onion is the French way. And you cut this, that, you know, like perpendicularly and then diagonally and then you slice and, and you know, it have to be decided. I mean, I could say, I would say fuck that, you know, in the end. Everything is going into the plate and, you know, I've seen Chinese plates that are not using any French technique and everything looks beautiful and balanced and, and you know, makes me hungry. So it, it doesn't really matter. But anyways, learning to do that, let's say the French way, then it takes a process of physical education and you become physically literate for that specific action, right? And learning... Not necessarily to cut or to saute or to to uh, or, or, or I would say or, or or to whatever concept or, or 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 that you need to learn. But even work working in the kitchen, you know, you have to learn to bend in different ways and to walk in different ways. Especially like if you if you in my case, I used to work in in a cramped uh, kitchen in one of the restaurants, and you do have to learn different movement patterns. No kidding. And your reflexes has to be on point. And whenever you hear someone behind you coming hot, you have to really move in a certain way that that person would pass behind you, that nothing gets lost and you don't get hurt and whatnot. So it does require a tremendous amount of of physical uh, education and education in general. And the level of attention that you have to pay at a kitchen, it is something that it is a great learning for the rest of life. I think I have, there is no chef that I have met that is not extremely attentive to detail. Even in conversations, hey, you missed this word. You didn't say you mean this way, you mean that way. We're perfectionist, uh, uh, some more than others. Uh, but even when like cooking here at home, and then we're cook- I'm cooking with my stepson, and he's learning how to cook and all. No, I, I I get sometimes like when he misses a step or when he does something that is not careful. I I'm like oh the the the, the chef in me awake awakens, and I want to scream and yell. I don't do it, but I will correct him right. And we're we're perfectionist in that sense. But again, we we take. We, we are very detail-oriented people. Having gone to culinary school or not, every single cook, every single chef, even the dishwasher, uh, we're very oriented people. And, and that goes through this process of physical education, right? To physical education, which affects all of the aspects of, it, of an individual, the social aspect, the psychological aspect, the physical aspect, the, uh, the spiritual aspect. Uh, spiritual how? I mean, if, if you doubt yourself, you cannot be in a kitchen. This is, this is, the, the kitchen is a war zone. Most kitchens, not all. I mean, there, I know there are some kitchens that, that are nice. I used to work, when I got to the point of giving cooking lessons, of course, when I had, my friend and I had control of, you know, who was going to cook with us at that time. If we're going, like, if we're doing, like, interactive big group cooking classes, then we would have some sort of flow through the line and and that would make things better but like if you're working in a even French traditional kitchen it's cramped it's a war zone it's yelling it's screaming and you need to be ready for that 
And as I've said before, you know, that spiritual aspect of, 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 of health is not necessarily a religion, but the belief that you can do or not to do. You have to, there is where you have to really, really, really know what you can do and what not. Um, so it does affect uh, the, the process of education and the process of physical education. And it sounds, it sounds cruel, right? And it sounds, I mean, I guess if you are considering to get into the kitchen or, or the culinary world, just make, I don't want to scare you, but it's not easy. Okay. Uh, you'll be, you will be long hours and under the heat. And mostly, most of the time there will be a lot of yelling and screaming and humidity and all of this thing. And you're cutting yourself and you're burning yourself. But at the same time, then you learn that teaches you to move in different ways that not anybody will do. Uh, that teaches you to grab different, to use different, like, uh, uh, fine motor skills uh, and, and patterns for you to cut something. Let's just say you're slicing a salmon, you're slicing a tuna, you're slicing a piece of meat. There is different ways to do these things. So you have to go under uh, a tremendous amount of, I say, uh, of, in that process of physical education. And I like it a lot. Um, but anyways, the point is that, uh, as I've said before, one more time, I keep saying, as I said before, uh, everything that we do is a process of physical education. Even when you are reading a cookbook and you are learning all of these concepts, there is physical education in the sense that there is physical change in your body and your brain is learning something different and that learning of something different is creating a new uh, uh, neural connection. And that neural connection then will translate into you then going into your kitchen and slicing or dicing an onion as you like you never done before. So there was physical education. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a very incredible way. I love cooking uh, and I, I will never stop loving it, I think. Uh, even sometimes, even if sometimes hurts, like Saturdays, most, most Saturdays, I, uh, I tell my wife that that's my cooking day. And that's my fix. I get that's I get my crack on Saturdays, and I would spend the whole day. I would you know make something in the morning, breakfast, whatnot. Then I would get a whiskey, uh, and just keep cooking and cooking and cooking. And I'm I'm always learning different techniques. Again, perhaps me mixing all this concept of physical education uh, and cooking. I'm always looking for different ways to like different ways to cut something or different ways to prepare something or like if I'm rolling. A, uh, a, a chicken that I would find different ways to roll it and then to tie it up and whatever. Um, so it requires us to going to different uh, physical activities and that requires physical education. Okay. So, and if you have the opportunity cooking, I think everybody should learn how to cook. This is, uh, I mentioned Anthony Bourdain because I, I, I guess, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've never been a fan, fan, fan of, of someone or something, but I, I, I was a fan. I'm still a fan, even though he's dead. I'm still one of his biggest fans. I have his books. I have watched his shows since the from the first one. I have the whole series of kitchen, uh, of, of Cook's Tour, uh, and I've watched all to the last episode, and I'm gonna watch him again. Um, but he, he used to say that everybody should learn to cook, at least decently. Everybody should learn to cook decently and on the way be able to feed someone. 
And that's something very important because cooking is not necessarily feeding ourselves or learning how to cut or prepare a food. It has a very social uh, uh, component and it's bringing people together since the prehistoric time in front of a fire so we can eat. And then from there, it, it becomes something more connective, like we're starting to share stories and we're starting to connect with the people that we're eating with. And then we're becoming better people that we learn more about others instead of just ourselves. And, and, and cooking and, and feeding others helps with that. When it comes to nutrition, um, I can say, you know, there's no, there's no actual scientific, uh, excuse me, scientific proof that, you know, like a specific diet or like specific uh, a type of cuisine is healthier or whatnot. I guess I'm talking about uh, uh, when it comes to you being able to prepare your own food and feed yourself and, uh, and others along the way, like Bourdain would, would, would uh, uh, recommend, um, we would at the same time uh, be according to this, to the idea of, of preserving the species or preserving the, uh, the, the, the organism. Because if you don't eat, we die, right? It's very simple and not everybody cooks, right? If everybody cooks, what's awesome, but kids, for example, and babies cannot die. So if the parent don't know how to cook and there is no processed food, then there will be an issue with that. Um, and in terms of economy, then, you know, it's been proven by, 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 nutritional scientists, for example, that deal with all of this and help people understand the importance of cooking, you spend less. You spend a fucking lot less than eating outside. At the same time, again, you're creating this meal that is not just going to feed yourself, but it's going to feed your soul and your body and your spirit. And it's going to also feed your family if you have family or your friends if you have friends, right? And, and, you, and you cook for them. So it has a benefit in every single aspect of health and, 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 and education. So when your edification and your well-being, learn how to cook. All right. So, and that's it. So again, I mean, summarizing a little bit, let's use technology in the proper way, right? Let's use it for the right things and not just for Facebooking all fucking day and being on Instagram all fucking day hitting likes. If we're going to post on Instagram or in social media, let's post something that is inspirational really inspirational, not hashtag love, hashtag success and showing your ass, you know, but perhaps a, a, a quote that can inspire someone, something that is as authentic as possible and learn how to cook. Come on, let's learn how to cook. Let me know what you cook and what you like to cook. Let's talk about it. And if you live in Central Florida, let's plan to get together, cook together. How about that? All right, guys, that's been everything for today. Again, uh, all of the links for contact and for uh, donations and all of that uh, will be under uh, in the description of the episode. Thank you for listening. Share this with your, share this with your friends and family. Go to Apple Podcasts and uh, leave me a review there and every other platform that you have the capacity to leave a review. Do it. Uh, I will be grateful for that and that will help me promote and get uh, more listens to the podcast. 
All right. If you are a professional, again, uh, someone who works with addiction or psychologist or medical uh, or, or educational or whatever, contact me. Let's set up a date and let's have a conversation on the podcast. Let's just talk about edification and well-being. All right. All my contact information will be in the description. Thank you for listening again. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you.